Why does Becca in Florida's advisor poo-poo her strategy for funding 529 plans for education? Keith commenting on Spotify wants to know about reimbursing yourself from a 529 plan for the scholarship amount used for education without penalty. And Wendy, way up in New York, wants to know if she should use retirement funds to pay for college and home renovations. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 452. Plus, what are the pros and cons of starting Roth conversions for Renee in Wisconsin? And is she on track for retirement? Will the IRS penalize Dan in Michigan for not paying Roth conversion tax in January? With the five-year clock, how does compounding interest work when Aaron in Ohio changes custodians? And Kirk in Iowa wonders how the Affordable Care Act tax credit works with dependents. I'm producer Andy Last, and here to spitball on all of these questions are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Let's go to uh, Florida. How about that? Okay. Hey, Joe, Big Al, Andy. Let's talk about how we get money into 529s. First, I have good income. I max out contributions to my TSP. I do backdoor Roth contributions each year. Don't have any debt, blah, blah, blah. I'm totally comfortable with my financial situation. Okay, good. Right. So I'm done. <laughs> Success. All right. <laughs> We're done. Next question. <laughs> uh, I recently inherited $600,000 in considering putting 50000 as a lump sum each to my two kids in a 529 plan. The kids are six and eight years old. I currently have an automatic contribution set up to my Vanguard that puts 1000 each per month into the 529. The current balance of each of these accounts is $50,000, but would like to stop this small addition each month and just put 50000 each and be done with it. All right. I ran this idea past my tax advisor, and he completely poo-pooed it. I hate that term. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that. My Is it as life. bad as delicious? <laughs> it's, 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 it's up there. Um, yeah. It, well, Florida, maybe that's how they talk. Yeah, maybe. He didn't like it. It sounds like tax advisor was like, this is a Say, very bad idea. I, re- I really don't like it. Basically, he replied with the following. Number one, college is losing its benefit. Okay. So don't go. Don't go. Okay. It's a waste of money. All right. All right. Number two, I should be concerned about my retirement planning for myself. Okay. Very well be the case. Sure. Number three, losses are not deductible in a 529 plan. True, but usually markets go up over the long term. Yeah. Gains elsewhere can be used against education costs. All right. Like capital gains, I guess. Yeah, but you pay tax on it. Yeah, you do. Huh. <laughs> okay. I thought I had this brilliant idea to max out the 529 plans, and I admit I was puzzled by my advisor's response. Well, each of his points makes some sense to me, especially number four, which I understand to mean that I could use dump large. I could just dump. Oh, that I could just dump. Yeah. Where did I get use? I don't know. I got to get glasses, but. <laughs> <laughs> I could just dump large sums of money into, say, BTSAX and use those gains to pay for college costs on the road. Interested in your take on the wonderful dilemma I have. Becca from Florida. Yeah. Well, the, the tax advisor poo-pooed this. <laughs> so Number uh, one, college is losing its benefit. No. Are you out of your mind? It's like a, it's like table stakes for many jobs. In fact, you need a master's and sometimes more, you know, plus a certification. 
right? Like our industry, you, you need at least a bachelor's and a certified financial planner right. designation. I mean, all sorts of colleges, let's say trade schools and yeah, you know, everything is not losing its benefit. <laughs> it's I, I tell you what, it sounds like a, a grumpy tax advisor. But Okay. Number two, I should be more concerned about retirement planning. Okay. I agree. But we don't know Becca's situation no, in Florida. And, and she says she's totally comfortable with it. So she if, just inherited six hundred. Yeah. So if, if we take that at face value, if you're good, then yeah, go ahead and fund a 529 plan. So she maxes out her TSP. She does a little backdoor Roth each year. She has no debt, blah, blah, blah. Totally comfortable. Totally comfortable with my financial situation. Sounds pretty good. Add another five hundred thousand dollars on her totally comfortable situation. <laughs> All right. You can that, put fifty thousand right. into the kids' five twenty nine plans. Let's explain what they are. Yeah. All right. So it's a college savings account that will grow one hundred percent tax free if used for college education. Correct. If you do not use it for college education, then the earnings are taxed and you get a ten percent penalty. Right. So you want to make sure that you are, I guess, strategic enough not to overfund these plans. Right. Yep. Because you could lose some value. However, with the Secure Act, people can now put some of those overfunded 529 plans into Roth IRAs that will continue the compounding the tax-free growth that then you could use for retirement. Sure. And you can always change beneficiaries if one kid needs it more than the other, or maybe for future grandkids, right? And now they're only six and eight, so that's a little ways down the road, but uh, nevertheless. Yeah, you can have another or kid you, too. Or you could change yourself as beneficiary. And why don't you, you know, you retire and go, go back to, to college, yeah. learn some stuff. Yeah, give it to your tax advisor. <laughs> so he'll understand, or he or she will understand. understand the benefit of college. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. This sounds like a crotchety older male CPA. Okay. Okay. Losses are not deductible in the 529 plan. Work. Do you think this tax advisor also sells investments? I, I'm guessing. Yeah. It may be. <laughs> Maybe. Like, why don't you invest more with me? So, all right, so let's say if you invest in stocks that is outside of a retirement account, right? Gains are taxed at capital gains, right? Which is a lower rate than ordinary income. Right. And then if you have losses, you can tax loss harvest. You can sell and buy something else and use those losses against future gains. So yeah, it but, could be fairly tax efficient. But only future gains. It's not deductible against salary yeah. or pension or interest or dividends or rental property income. Right. There is no tax deduction. No, it's only used. It's only net with other capital gains. Right. And then gains elsewhere can be used against education costs. Yeah, but you're going to pay taxes on those gains to pay for education costs. Yeah, so gains come in the way of interest, dividends, or capital gains, which are all taxable. 529 plans tax-free. Yeah, that's right. So, so I think I like her idea. Yeah, I do too. Well, I was going to ask you. You've got young children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, I, I'm going to take Becca's advice <laughs> and not talk to her tax advisor. Get a different advisor. Yeah, because I think her was a brilliant idea. So for me, 100% agree. Becca, this is exactly what you should do. Yeah. yeah. Especially I'm taking this at face value that you're comfortable with your own financial situation. And as Joe just said, you inherited six hundred thousand. So what? You you give a hundred to the kids. You still got five hundred more than what you had before, right? And she's totally comfortable with her situation. Seems pretty good to me, right? If if I had extra hundred thousand dollars, yeah. Hopefully, I, what, I don't inherit are, someday. Yeah, one of these days. <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> but you know, I put money into a five twenty nine plan. I, I was like Becca's 
first choice. I'm putting a you know yeah. a few hundred bucks a month into the five twenty nine plan. I have a two year old and a yeah. uh, seven year old, so it's like all right. And I'll tell you what, if I would have had an extra hundred thousand when my kids were six and eight, I would have done the same thing. Right, for but sure. I didn't, so I didn't do it. Yeah. So, all right. Oh. Yeah. No, totally agree, Becca. Go with your gut. You're correct. All right. We got Keith writes in. You want to give some background, Andy, on this? He actually left this comment on Spotify. And so you can do that now. You can actually comment and leave what you thought of a particular episode. And so on episode 446, Michelle had asked a question about moving excess 529 plan money into the Roth. And then Keith actually said on Spotify, aren't you able to reimburse yourself for the scholarship amount used for education without penalty? So that aren't, is his comment on Spotify. So Get it. aren't we supposed to like write the con like type the comment back in versus answer it here now on the show? You'll have to talk to compliance about that. So we we're not allowed. So we're but we're we answering can, this we, question on the show. Can, we can answer the comment on the show, but we can't comment back via writing. Is that you got it? Is that <laughs> yeah. The rules? Yeah. So he's probably waiting for his comment on the Spotify. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry about that. Good, yeah. Ho hopefully you're listening to this episode. Probably not. But uh, Keith, uh, actually, you are right. So in other words, you can, it, you know, when you take money out of a 529 plan, when it's not used directly for education, it's considered a non-qualified withdrawal subject to penalties. However, you can do a non-qualified withdrawal up to the scholarship amount, right? And that's comes out penalty free. You still have to pay tax on any earnings though. So just be aware of that, but there's no penalty. So that is a correct statement. Okay. There you go, right? There you have it. If you're trying to understand the ins and outs of college savings, especially if you're also putting away money for retirement, you don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize your financial future or your kid's education. I've put some free resources in the podcast show notes for you. First, watch Joan Big Al's Money Saving Tips for Funding College on YMYWTV, or watch our webinar on using 529 plans, Coverdell accounts, prepaid tuition, and other strategies to pay for education. Then download our free guide on the ABCs of college funding to learn more about all of these options. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to go to the show notes and get started. We got Wendy, way up north NY. Way up there, like upstate New York. Way up. All right. Hi there. I love your show. First things first, I drive a 2019 Subaru, but we are not besties. Doesn't oh. care for the besties. No. I mean, doesn't care for the Subaru. Not really. Huh. She keeps needing repairs, but I love Diet Coke. Okay. All right. Yeah. I've got two questions. First, I have $90,000 in a Roth IRA. We are older parents. Ew. Sound oh. familiar, Joe? Hey, whoa. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> we set up to pay for college. Our twins are now 13. I'm 59. Hubby's 60. Okay, when they're 13, how old am I going to be? Okay, well, yeah. we're pretty close. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's about right. <laughs> oh, boy. Right there with you. You're, yeah, that's your demographic. Here. Yeah, I'll be 60 when he's like five. <laughs> we, we expect to have another $25,000 total in our 529 plans. By the time they are 18, we have about 50000 total in utmost from my parents. Okay. Uh, for the Roth IRA, should we keep the money in the Roth IRA or move it to another investment option? Does it make sense to invest it aggressively until they are done with college and use the 529 and month student loans to pay for the college during their college years and then pay off the student loans after college with the Roth money? 
I was thinking about a 70-30 stock bond split for the Roth. I hope that makes sense. Really appreciate your thoughts. Second question. Okay. Greedy. <laughs> it's a double <laughs> banger here. We would love to make some renovations to our home. Maybe about $125,000 total. I plan to work another 10 years or so. 70 is the new 60. 70 is like the new 50. Yeah, I've heard you say that. We would love to make some renovations. All right, we already went there. Okay, I currently make about $175,000 per year. We have $730,000 in my TSP. I can withdraw it without penalty when I'm 59 and a half, which will be in January 2024. Does it make sense to take a HELOC, then withdraw enough from the TSP each year to make the HELOC payments? I know I have to pay taxes on the TSP withdrawal. I contribute 5% to the TSP to get the full 5% match. So I want to keep doing that. I don't think our budget can manage a HELOC payment without using my TSP funds. We don't have other significant savings to pay for the renovations between my pension, our Social Security, and TSP, most of which we plan to convert to Roth. I think we can afford to retire at 70 even with taking some of the TSP out to pay for the renovations. We'd rather do the renovations now and enjoy it. I get it. Yeah, me too. Okay. So they want to enjoy it now in in retirement. Yeah. And then wait until age 70 to retire. Thanks for your thoughts. Okay. So we got two questions, very different questions. Yeah. How about the first one? Uh, This is a budget question. We got to get a little bit tighter on the purse strings here, I think. <laughs> she makes $175,000 a year. What does hubby make? Because there's a ton of income here. And so it's like, all right, well, here we're going to spend our Roth money to pay for college. We're going to start using our retirement money to pay for renovations. Right. We're going to be doing this and we're going to be doing that. So I would want to first kind of take a little bit of a step back to figure out, okay, well, where's the cash going? What's going on here? I get it. you got twins. They're right. Twins. Yeah, yeah. 13. 13. If they're boys, they probably eat like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> so it's like, okay, but what is what does our husband make? What does Wendy's husband make? Yeah, there's a lot we don't know. So all we can do is answer these questions at face value. Okay, so there's a pension, there's gonna be social security. So if she makes a 175 and there's another spouse that makes, I don't know. 25 grand. Right. I mean, there's $200,000 of income coming into the household, which is probably in the top, what, four, 5%. Right. And if she lives up way up North New York, it's not in the city. So those dollars might stretch a little bit more. So I, I, I'm getting a little bit worried here, understanding that, all right, well, yes, I get you want to do renovations. So, but taking money out of your retirement account to do renovations, taking money out of your retirement account to pay for college. Some of this stuff is that you can always take a loan out for college. You can't take a loan out for your retirement. So we probably need a little bit more information to at least do a back of the envelope kind of spitball here. Well, I agreed, right? Because if you're going to take money out of your retirement for something other than retirement, then let's make sure you're okay. And basically what you're saying is you think you're okay. I'd want to kind of know. Verify that. Yeah, Yeah, verify that to make sure you can do that. If you can, great. I'm all for enjoying life now when you, if you can, right? But it always scares me a little bit when you're taking money out of retirement plans for non-retirement type expenses like college, right? Like home improvements. Yep. So yep. just be careful. I mean, we don't know enough to be able to answer either of these questions that well. 
But I mean, I guess in terms of your ordering, yeah, you use the Atmos and the 529 plans, the paper college. I mean, that's essentially what they're for. So yeah, that makes sense first. And then then student loans after that. I like that. Student loans after that. But I wouldn't touch the Roth to pay out the student loans. A Roth is such a nice thing to have in retirement, Mm -hmm. tax-free income to keep you out of higher brackets. If you're kind of near, I mean, we don't know what your pension is, Wendy. I mean, maybe it's a, maybe it's a lot. Maybe this is a moot point because you got a big pension and Maybe you're just fine, but we can't even, we don't really know. Right. It's just that when you're using, like I say, when you're using retirement funds for something other than retirement, take a pause, right? Take a step back and say, are you sure? What Wendy needs to do is take a look at what are they spending? And then forecast that out over the next 10 years. Right. And say- And then look at all the sources of income, right? Do a distribution rate on your shortfall to your your savings and see, is it 4%? Is it something a lot higher? Way lower? Right. She makes $175,000 a year. She has $730,000 in a TSP. Right. So she's 60 or 59. So what's at 60, they, like 10 times income? Yeah. However, but pension could cover that. Right. Well, TSP, she probably, I don't know if she's got a government pension. Maybe that covers $100,000 of income in retirement. Yeah. There's other social security sources and maybe the fixed income will cover it if she pushes her retirement out to age 70. But yeah. I mean, she could be right on the money, but we need more information, I think, to to probably make sense of. Yeah. And, w- and when people are looking at this, a lot of times they forget to inflate their expenses by inflation rate, maybe just use 3% as a starting point, right? So in other words, 100000 today in 10 years is going to be a lot more than that, probably 135000 So just remember that when you're inflating your investments with rates of return, yeah, that looks good, but your expenses have to go up with inflation. Yeah. And then you compare those two with each other. I think given what her income is, I think she could be fine, but she's going to have to cut. I would rather her cut in other areas versus taking assets from retirement. Yeah, that you may need. All right. I know that didn't help. <laughs> she doesn't love the show anymore. We got Renee from Wisconsin writes in. She's like, love the show. Uh, thank you so much for your entertaining way of looking at retirement and personal finance. My husband, 53, and I, 54, live in Wisconsin with our seven-year-old son, Scotty, back to the Midwest. Got it. You're not the only late starter, Joe. Ah, well, my crew is coming out. Yeah. Large. Let's see. Got a seven-year-old, yep. uh, 53. Jet's pretty close. Yep. We're getting there. You're, this is another one right on target. <laughs> <laughs> we have two mixed breeded dogs. Okay. They're 12 and 14. And we drive a 2013 RAV4 and a 2019 Honda truck. We enjoy our Miller Lite. But also partake in some Door County wine after we put our son to bed on the weekends. Yeah. Uh, our situation Hubby earns $120,000 a year and has spent his career in public service. So we have a pension of about $5,000 a month at his age 57, in which time we intend to get a new career making at least $60,000. All right. Well, double dipper. Okay. Yep. Good. Okay. And let's see. So when he officially retires from everything at 63, so works another few years there. On top of the uh, pension contributions, he puts $350 a month into a traditional IRA uh, since we have above the Roth IRA earning limits. 
Right. I've worked full time since graduating college and intend to work until I'm 64. I do not have any pensions, but I'm saving through my 401k plan over the years. I currently make $132,000. I'm putting 18% into my employer's Roth 401k. I qualify for the maximum non-Roth match of $5,000 per year. We are just shy of $500,000 in retirement investments. Currently, here's where we stand with the retirement savings between the two of us. All right. 500 grand. Yeah, that's correct. Coming up <laughs> with our retirement expenses is a challenge for me. But when I look at net pay per Al's advice and what we save, I'm estimating that we would need around $120,000, $100,000 per year. Uh, we both will qualify for Social Security. And we're thinking about having hubby take it at 63 and me at 70 as the higher earner. I'm hoping he can spitball this to see if we're on track to cover our anticipated expenses based on the retirement ages mentioned. Also, we'd love your spitball pros and cons of starting some Roth conversions or just leaving the funds as is since most of our current retirement contributions are going into Roth. Thanks, Renee. All right, cool. Thank you, Renee, for the question. $500,000. Okay, so... 54 and 53. Yeah. want to retire at 57. He's got a pretty handsome pension there. And $130,000 a year in expenses. Yeah, and she'll work uh, 10 years, right? Yep. Okay, so 500000 with her savings. She's saving 24000 a year based upon 18% of 132 plus employer match 5K. So here's another one. Tell me what you got, 500000 Tell me what your savings with a match, 29000 Perfect. Six years or 10 years, I use 6% to be conservative. Okay, you could use seven if you want to be more aggressive. That's 1.3 million. So that's what you'll have in 10 years. So your Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, 403Bs, everything else, take yeah. a look. You grow it at 6%, adding your $29,000 a year yeah. plus the employer match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So and get a financial calculator or friend of yours that knows how to do this calculation. It's If, if you have the calculator and you know what you're doing. Or, or just write in. Yeah, just write in and we'll take care of it for you. Now, but you got to look at expenses. 120 to 130,000 in 10 years will be, I use the midpoint of 125, be at, call it 170,000 of expenses. Okay. Yep. So, so that's a lot. Hubby's pension, 55,000. Social Security, you don't say what that's going to be at 63. So I just put in 20,000. I, I don't know. Probably more than that because maybe 132,000. No, he makes, that's what she makes. I don't know what he makes. He, oh, he makes 120. Never mind. Yeah, probably more than that. But it's combined, but it's combined all, Social Security 60 grand. I know, but I'm just going with because she's, I'm just doing it without hers right now because she'll take it seven years later. I just oh, want to see what it looks like right now. Sure. Okay. So if I take uh, 20,000, I got $93,000 shortfall. You could take 30,000, $83,000 shortfall. Uh, but you divide that into 1.3 million. It's, it doesn't work, it's too rich. Right. So if you use my 20,000 to be conservative, because I don't know what the number is, that's a 7% distribution rate. We, we want you to be closer to four. Right. So it's too high. And if you use a 4% distribution rate on 1.3 million, you're about $40,000 too high in expenses. So, so here's a case where, Joe, it doesn't really quite work based upon the numbers we have. Now, 4% distribution rate might even be a little bit high because you're retiring before 65. However, there's social security coming for you, which I don't know what that is, but probably pretty decent. So all this is without really knowing the social security numbers. So I may be off by a factor there, 
but based upon what I see on the surface, it's a little shy, which, but I also have not factored in the making extra 60,000 a year. See, this is where a financial plan comes in play because it's too hard to spitball all these different variables. But just my mm-hmm. quick analysis says, I think you're a little bit short. I disagree. I think they're okay. Do you? I do. Because I have a husband, 53, is going to work until age 57 and then work until age 63. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then let's say <clears throat> then, but he's going to make another $60,000. His pension is 60,000. So he's still going to make 120 grand. She makes her 130 and they're saving $40,000 a year. I know, but she, but they're spending 125 to one, 120 to 130. Yeah. So if she makes 132 and, and he stays, makes 130. I, right. But when I'm talking about now at age 63, let's say that he retires fully at age 64. Yeah, no, he's retiring full. He's retiring at fifty-seven. Then it goes to sixty thousand a year. Yeah, but he has a sixty thousand dollars pension. I know, I know. But what so he's taking the pension plus sixty thousand, it still equals his income. I know, but what I'm saying is the six, the sixty thousand, I think, is going to be needed for their expenses. Right, but it, it, everything is the same. It's the same until age sixty-three. Is what my, my what I'm saying. Because he makes one twenty, oh, I I agree with you. Okay, I hundred percent. So that, that's I why think, that's why I ran this out ten years. So that yeah, the math is at, at age sixty three. Yeah, right. And so at age sixty three, you look at one hundred twenty thousand dollars. You push that out. That's one hundred eighty thousand. Yeah, we'll call it one seventy. One seventy. All right. Okay. So I got five hundred thousand, and then I have forty thousand, and then I have ten years, and you use six percent, right? Yeah. So I got 1.45, 1.5 million. Yeah, I had 29,000 of savings, but I got 1.3, but we're in the ballpark. So he's saving $350 a month plus her, plus the match is what I combined it all yeah. there. I mean, if you add his, I didn't add his three because that was only going to be probably for the next four years. Why wouldn't it carry all the way through? Because I think they're, I think they may, well, I don't know. I mean, I mean it's, but we're talking small, right? We're talking $3,000 a year. Sure. But still, three thousand compounded over ten years it doesn't it doesn't it's, change my number. It, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> I can dig out. It's like oh, it's jump change. So I I don't know. I think they're closer than you think. But you're right. It's the expenses are a little high, and if he can work until age sixty five, sixty six, yeah, reduce the spending by a couple of bucks. I wouldn't take his social security right away. I would probably push that out. And not take it at 62 and you at 70. Maybe you look at both at full retirement age because there's pros and cons to both of this. Because if you push out your Social Security, you're going to take a lot more of your liquid assets up front. And if you have a bad market, I mean, then it's the whole sequence of return risk. If you take it at full retirement age, well, yeah, you're going to have a lower benefit, but you're also taking less from the portfolio. So, I mean, those are game time decisions, I think. Sure. And it depends on longevity and all of that. But yeah. I think if they could continue to save as much as that they're saving now, and if he works a little bit longer, I think. Right. We'll see. I, that, I, think that, it, it th- I think it maps out. But see now, well, I was just taking a face value. So sure. next comment is how do you make this work? Right, 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 right. Right. And how you make it work is working a little bit longer. Renee, maybe you save a little bit more. Maybe you spend a little bit less. When you factor all these together, sometimes working an extra couple of years makes all the difference, right? Right. So what I'm suggesting is I don't think it works out on face value, but it's the tweaks that you need to do to make this work aren't aren't, aren't as big as you think. Right. It's not going to break the bank. Right. It's just a small little tweak here and there. Make better decisions. 
Roth conversions doesn't make sense. I mean, to, to kind of put a bow on this, yeah, maybe. But you're saving $39,000 a year over the next 10 years, and you already have quite a bit of money in Roth. Yeah. You still want to have money in a traditional IRA to eat up those lower brackets. And the, the savings is going into Roth. So I, I think they're I, fine I think They're good, too. Yeah, I do, too. All right. Hopefully that helps. Remember, to give you a good retirement spitball, the fellas need to know at least four things about your finances. Number one, how much do you and your spouse, if you have one, have saved for retirement in tax-deferred, tax-free, and taxable accounts? Number two, how much fixed income will you have in retirement? For example, Social Security and pensions. Number three, when do you want to retire? And number four, how much do you expect to spend annually in retirement? Don't forget to give us whatever name you'd like us to call you and your real location in case state taxes factor into your spitball. Then tell us where or when you listen, how you found us, and what you drink so that Joe and Big Al can really get into your situation. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to go to the show notes, click Ask Joe and Big Al on air, and send it on in. Or if you prefer to fiddle with the numbers and spitball for yourself, give our free new retirement calculator a whirl. Go to easyretirement.com. That's E-A-S-I retirement.com. You guys are awesome. This is Dan from Milford, Michigan. Uh, Enjoy listening to you every week. Got one quick question. Yeah. This thing is like six pages long. (laughs) No, it's only one paragraph. This is actually a good one. Oh, this is a quick question. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm in the years between retirement and Filing for Social Security at age 70, I plan to do Roth conversions early in January next year. I was not planning on having taxes taken out at the time, but will do so when I take an IRA distribution in late 2024. Is the IRS going to penalize me for not taking the taxes out in January? My plan is to have enough tax taken out of the IRA distribution to meet the tax obligations for the year. Thanks for your spitball on the issue. I love a good Manhattan or an old-fashioned. Uh, but do enjoy a beer or two when on the golf course with friends. A little sip of fireball to celebrate a birdie now and then works as well. So the question is, so you do a Roth conversion. Do you do withholding then in January or can you wait till uh, an IR distribution in at the end of the year? And the, the, the truth is you can wait as long as it's withholding, because when you have withholding, IRS doesn't know when the withholding went in. You could withhold monies on, December 31st, and it still counts as evenly distributed throughout the year. Now, if you don't have withholding and are making estimated payments, yeah, you've got to make quarterly estimated payments. But I think as I understand your question, Dan, is as long as you have uh, an IRA distribution late in the year and have withholding on that, then that will suffice for the Roth conversion. So you should be fine. All right. We got Aaron from Ohio writes in, I'm a teacher and have a pension at 70, uh, 77% of my top five years when I reach retirement. Most of, most likely pension will be north of uh, $90,000. I had a question regarding Roth IRA, 403B and 457. I had a Roth IRA with my former financial advisor, but switched to independently handle it myself. I cannot remember the financial institution it was previously held, but I opened my new Roth IRA in 2021 with M1 Finance. I transferred all the funds, and I am 100% now invested in VTI. I was wondering if the four to five years the Roth IRA was previously in would be included in the compounding interest of the IRA, or if the clock started over with my M1 Finance Roth IRA was open. Now, the, the IRS does not care if you're with M1 Finance or if you're with Robinhood, if you're with Fidelity, or if you're with Merrill Lynch. 
all they care about is when you establish the account. The five-year clock starts January 1st, the year you started, open that account. So if you open the account, even in April, let's say I open up a Roth IRA in April of 2024, before the tax filing deadline, my five-year clock would start January 1st of 2023. So to give you that type of example, it starts on the 1st. So it doesn't matter if I opened up N1 Finance, then Fidelity, then blah, 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 or if I have multiple Roth IRAs and multiple custodians, the five-year clock starts with the first one on that January 1st. Agreed. Spot on. We got Kirk in Iowa. He goes, hi. I love listening to your show. That's a great way to start. Just gets us all charged up. And I hope he can answer a healthcare subsidy question. Oh, and then he just went down the, the top. Uh, wrong show. <laughs> He's not going to love listening to the show after we answer this question. Uh, my wife and I have three children. Our medical insurance is currently subsidized through the Affordable Care Act, which gives us a tax credit of $1,384 per month towards our premiums. Our daughter is getting married next year, which means we'll be able to claim two dependents by the end of the year. My understanding is the ACA tax credit is based on dependents at the year end. So it will retroactively drop $917 per month for us all of next year. This cost us additional twenty eight oh two to still cover our daughter's health care from January through June. Is this correct? I have no clue. <laughs> or does the ACA allow adjustments to tax credits based on changes in family size mid-year? Yeah, I so I didn't know either, so I, I looked it up. Oh, look at you. And I will tell you, it's still not clear. Super complicated. It's not clear, but here's what I learned. And hopefully, Kirk, this will help at least a little bit. So here from the horse's mouth is, I'm just going to read this since I don't really get it. Okay, no, perfect. I understand a bit. A household can include individuals even if they are ineligible for tax credits. For example, individuals who are not lawfully present. Whatever, that doesn't apply. I shouldn't have read that. Here's, okay. the, here's what I meant to read. <laughs> <laughs> Your household size can change during the year. Due to family changes, including the birth or adoption of a child moving out of the house, divorce, legal separation. When such changes take place, you should report them to the marketplace as they may affect your eligibility for subsidies. Family changes can also trigger a special enrollment opportunity where you can change health plans. So it's two things can happen here. One is you can change the amount of your, your subsidy based upon changes so that you don't end up owing a big amount at your end. And number two is not only can you do that, but you can actually change your health plan, plan and to get a cheaper plan. And maybe this will work out for you. So, yes, the concept is right that they go to the year end, but you can make changes. You know, normally the open enrollment period is November 1st through January 15th. But when you have a change in family or income or something like that, you would qualify for this special enrollment opportunity. There you go. Well done now. Yeah. Cool. What else? Anything? That is all. That's it, huh? All right. Another great show, I think, in the books. Hopefully we get another couple one stars. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't reading. had one in a while, so it's overdue. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, they're coming. Yep. All right. Thanks all for your questions. I mean, we got a ton here in the hopper, so just be patient. We'll get to them. 
and we might have to have a super show at some point just to try to get through some of this stuff. But we might have to do two episodes in a week. Truly appreciate everyone writing in. This has been quite the past couple of months of your guys's questions. So remember the old days we kind of we, we had a, we, we, we had a parade, parade. parade for questions. <laughs> We'd and mix then, them up, and then your cousin would write a question. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next time. Show's got your money. In the derails, we've got Al's childhood in New York, 70 is the new 50 and 50 is the new 30, hubby and the wife, drinking with the kids, fireball and birdies, so stick around to the end of the episode. Help new listeners find YMYW by telling your friends about the show and by leaving your honest reviews and ratings for your money, your wealth in Apple Podcasts and any other podcast app that accepts them, such as Amazon, Audible, CastBox, Good Pods, Pandora, Player FM, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podknife, and Spotify. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 and schedule your free financial assessment in person at one of our seven offices around the country or online at a date and time convenient for you no matter where you are. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Did you know that I lived in Plattsburgh, New York when I was four years old? No, I did not know that. Yeah. And I actually still have a few memories of it. Yeah. Like sledding in the front yard. (laughs) And we had this little level yard, but there was this gully, I guess, for water or something. Sure, sure. And then until you get to the street. And so my brother and I, and he was too young, but I remember sledding down this thing. It was like a giant hill. And probably 10 years ago, I saw a picture of it. It's like, oh, it wasn't a giant hill, but it was very exciting. How long did you live there? Seven months. Oh. It wasn't that long. Got it. My dad got transferred, and he thought it would be two years, and it turned out to be seven months. Got it. So I was back home before I turned five. (laughs) (laughs) Seventy's like the new 50. Yeah, I've heard you say that. I'm going to just keep telling myself. Hopefully when I'm 70, I'm going to feel is, like I'm 50, but I'm not even at 50 yet. Well, what is 50? The new 30? I, I hope so. Not, I'm not at 50 yet. I still got moons. Pretty, pretty darn close. <laughs> I am. I just turned 50 last month, so I'm hoping that 50 is the new 30. Uh, yeah, you, you're right. 50 is the you have moons. You don't have, you don't have <laughs> many, many moons. Don't worry about it. Is that what she called them, hubby? That's yep, what, it seems did. like our, our listeners love the hubby. They do. Well, and, and some of the guys say the wife. Yeah, which the wife, I, which, which oh. always gets me. No, I know it just burns you up. <laughs> uh, I mean, you gotta treat your wife with respect instead of the wife. The wife. Yeah. Okay. We enjoy our Miller Lite, but also partake in some Door County wine after we put our son to bed on the weekends. Yeah. See, I don't wait to put my son to bed. I've got got to parties at your house, and they're wide awake. (laughs) He's running around. (laughs) But you do usually have a sitter over. Yes, yes. We have responsible adults. Yeah. Yeah, now everyone's judging me. I just feel the judgment coming down. (laughs) A little sip of fireball to celebrate a birdie. Now and then works as well. Dan's my man. I want some cocktails and... I think you. I think you're like best buds. I mean, this sounds like your kind of friend. Yeah, 
fireball and a little birdie. Yeah, right. right he yeah. might have gotten that idea from you. <laughs> That's possible. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of carry a lot of fireball these days when I play golf. Yeah, you, you have to congr- you congratulate yourself every hole is what you're telling that's us. It. Just not that, bra- That's yeah. your that's not, your not, way of bragging. Not, I, not drink, <laughs> I I do it every birdie. Drink yeah. a lot of fireball these yeah. days. I get home, I'm just <laughs> a little buzzed. What the hell happened to you? Uh, got a few birds today, honey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>